0: Welcome to the Indestructible Podcast, hosted by Danny Cono. Hey, what's going on today, my heroes? And welcome to this week's episode of the Indestructible Podcast, the podcast for the people, the podcast that can never die. I am your host, the Indestructible Danny Cono, And on this week's episode, I'm interviewing up and coming screenwriter Elijah Sereniano. Now, I met Elijah when he had cast me in a virtual table reading for a pilot for a TV show that he's looking to get off the ground. And immediately what drew me to Elijah's character, and in particular his writing, was that it didn't seem stereotypical. You know, It didn't seem like it followed a certain idea of what a character should be based on their background. And I thought that that's an incredibly exciting thing. As an actor, you're always looking for roles and just overall characters that challenge you that that don't necessarily fall in a prerequisite or you look for like a chance to kind of stretch your muscles in a way that maybe hasn't been shown before and the character that elijah had written that he ended up casting me in was a very fun a very cool almost like a han solo-esque character and being from a hispanic background oftentimes we don't necessarily get to see characters that are written in this way and the character is a hispanic character himself so it felt really cool to me that there was an actual screenwriter going forward and writing these characters to sort of give a little bit more of an opportunity not even just for hispanic people because there was a lot it was a very diverse cast and it was a very diverse character listing from the script I don't want to give too many details on it because Elijah is still working on getting it produced, but overall it was an amazing experience and I got to meet and work with a lot of great folks on the project. And then from there, a friendship blossomed between me and Elijah. And we'd just been talking about working on other future projects down the line. And above all, what struck me about Elijah was his his kindness, you know? I, I find that in the industry you can either choose to go forward with kindness or with kind of an overtly and don't get me wrong there's both pluses and negatives to both aspects but you can either choose to be, go forward with kindness or kind of with like an overtly boss mentality of nothing's gonna stop you and you don't necessarily have to be nice to people however i found that kind of mixing of those two is sort of the best way to go about making your way, not even in the entertainment industry, but overall in any industry. I think it's important to carry a good head on your shoulders and and kindness in your heart towards others, but also to view yourself as a sort of quote-unquote main character in the story of your life and that you should always work to get yourself to the next level. You should always see yourself as someone worthy ...of being successful. And so I felt like that confidence exuded from Elijah. And I just knew that I wanted to have him on the podcast since then. Me and Elijah are currently in talks with... ...producing possibly another sort of TV-based project. And he had recently cast me in another online virtual script reading... ...of another fun character that was really fun and really quirky... And I felt a lot of joy in getting to bring out that sort of aspects in my performance. So, thanks, Elijah, for giving me that chance. But above all, I wanted to give Elijah an opportunity to tell his story and to just give a platform for a lot more good people in the industry. You know, I, I think oftentimes, especially nowadays, it, it can be easy to view things as very cynical, very, very just you driven. My original goal of the podcast was originally as a vlog style show, as you guys know, but then eventually I just transitioned it into being an interview style format where I want to interview and give platforms to a lot of interesting people that may or may not have typically gotten the chance to share their story. So I hope you guys enjoy Elijah's story. Hope you guys enjoy this week's episode and now on to the interview. little
1: stories since um yeah a little little narratives since i can i can remember i think like the first time i already s- I sat down and was trying to write some stories was in second grade um and for whatever reason i kind of considered myself a writer since then mm. i think my 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 grandma was really influential she's um she I, I didn't really feel patronized by her like she would ask the stories and ask about you know these different things and I get to sit down and it was really just sort of cultivating my uh, creativity and you know whereas a lot of other adults say just oh okay yeah that's nice and, and and that whole thing and she was really I felt uh, listening and so uh, it was all the encouragement I needed and, and since then I've you know just been been writing stories um, and so I always I always had an inkling that I that I wanted to be a writer um I, I didn't know it was going to be filmed until a little bit later. Um, I think that was probably um, when Jurassic Park came out. Uh, my, my, my grandpa had this come uh, kind of to set up with a big screen and surround sound and uh, and we watched the, the movie as a family and uh, you know the horse would, uh, would roar and the, the couches would shake and it was it was the most immersive experience you know up until that point that I, I ever had, um, had experienced and, and so I was just just floored. And it was always like a a very family thing. Like whenever we spent time together, we would, we would come together in the living room or the family room and we would watch movies. And so, um, just like, it was just a part of my, my, you know, family time and my, my upbringing. Um, and then, you know, fast forward later, I was in a band for a few years and I was really into photography and I ended up going to school out in a university of Hawaii at Manoa for a little while. And so I was, on that uh, island, all by myself, and kind of just really trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, and and then I, I don't know why it took that place to, to click, but it finally did. Like you know, and, uh, stories and photography. Like if I just do film, like I could put all the, all the things that I like together, um, and and that was probably in 2012. Uh, and then I, I started uh, seriously researching um, screenplays and and learning how to how to write you know, a decent script and um, took me a long time before I was uh, at, a, at a place where I was confident enough to show people my scripts and, um, and uh, yeah, that, that was a number of years ago and now here I am in LA, you know, uh, trying to uh, make that transition um, and it's, uh, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty exciting. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. happy to meet people like you and, 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 uh, and more people down here. it's, it's something uh, really really unique about that experience about being down here with people who have the same dreams, who share the same aspirations, and uh, you know, it's a kinship. Um, uh, so it's, yeah, it's really cool. So I was, I was happy to, to, to come on with you today.
0: Awesome, bro. Thank you. And I'm glad you're here. And I think you touched upon something that's really important in the idea that you were kind of taking your time to find your voice, to find who you were as a storyteller. The idea that you, you went through these ventures of doing not only filmmaking and storytelling through script writing, but through playing in bands, being a photographer, would you recommend that for storytellers to kind of take time to find your voice rather than just keying in on, let's say, oh, I just want to be a writer. So I will thusly simply studying writing. Would you recommend maybe going out, trying other artistic endeavors?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think there's something to the the approach um, of write what you know, and if you have a lot of experiences to pull from, then it's a lot easier to come from an authentic place. Um, you know, and even if you're writing about something on a spaceship, you know, uh, like, like I do, that the human interactions, the, the, the connections you see, or the, the way people interact in certain circumstances, like if you, you're still pulling from, you know, real life, whether, you know, there's, do you suffer trauma, or you see some crazy stuff happen, or you put yourself in a really uncomfortable situation, that's always transcending. So regardless of genre, so if you have you have the experience to actually like know what it's like to live in a band house or live in a bunch of with a bunch of different people, or to travel far off and live by yourself and like have to like develop your your friendships again. If you write a fish out of water story, it's like if you relive that, you know, you can pull pull from that. So um, I think I think yeah, I think it definitely helps to to actually live life and experience and and, and have these different adventures. Um, and then, especially, uh, you know, as a as a writer, there's there's so much out there. It's so easily easy to be influenced. Um, and so, the more unique an experience you have, um, the more unique your voice, and then the more you hopefully will be you know be able to kind of cut through without everything else that's out there because you're writing stories that only only you could write because no one else has your story. You know.
0: Mm. And I think it's interesting something that you touch upon, Elijah, the fact that you're primarily a lot of your stories around revolve around like sci-fi elements in fact that's actually how you and me met when you had hired me to do a virtual table read for this right. aw- awesome script that was based around western themes with like action themes but there was this overlying sense of heart and family and comedy and it, it was the exact script that you would be looking for as a young up-and-coming actor which is what I, I am and I, immediately what struck me about it was the fact that you're able to write characters that have unique diverse backgrounds but not in a way that seems somewhat stereotypical it doesn't seem like you're even trying to write in a sort of voice it just seems like these characters exist in the world do you find that as a writer when you're trying to write diverse voices do you try to simply write from a human perspective or do you try to put yourself in a certain character's mindset
1: that's a good question i think um i think there's a little bit of both Mm. Um, i i definitely try to stay away from archetypes and and stay away from stereotypes and i think we have so much of that especially with with uh, Mexicans or, or Mesoamericans or, or Latinx—we um, have we have so much of those portrayals on on television and, and movies, and it's you know it's I, I think there, there's uh, and so some people do it well, but there's a lot to like see and and, and step away from that, you know, and so uh, and it goes back to just having my own experiences, is that you know I obviously grew up with Mexican people and uh, grew up with 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 black friends and, and Filipino friends and. Um, and there's a lot of different cultures that I was able to interact with through my life, and so you know, if I'm writing a character, I can just pull from the experience and not thinking about you know what you know what would the sort of the stereotypical like lines be for this this character just because they're this race or they're this culture or whatever. It's kind of yeah more thinking about getting inside the mind of the of the person, the personality, and and yeah, some of the decisions and some of the language will be informed by by the culture, or, but um, you know, really it just, yeah, it just comes down to just writing an authentic person and someone, someone that, you know, or someone that you would, you would like to know or, or not like to know, depending on the character, as opposed to like, you know, here are the bullet points for this type of culture. I'm just going to put them in there and it's, you know, I think, I think that's a lot of the issues with, with how, how, you know, our board are portrayed on, on television right now is, you know, when I, when I was in Hawaii, actually it was. Uh, happened maybe three or four times people were like oh you're the first Mexican I've ever met and you know you're so different than what I imagined and I was like you know well, what did you imagine and then yeah it's, they, they describe what they see on, on television and so it's just uh, I think it's really important to um, have us portrayed in in a positive light but also you know in very just in the way that we are in real life but yeah as, as, as far as characters it's uh, I think it's, you really got to get in the headspace and, and understand Uh, where they come from um, to be able to write a really authentic
0: person. Absolutely. And I think you really touched upon something, Elijah, that's honestly really on the cusp of kind of being on the change currently right now with the sort of status quo of Hollywood kind of giving now a little bit more of a platform for diverse voices, and rightfully so. And I, I think that your approach to writing unique and interesting diverse voices is refreshing in a sense that you choose not to rely on the stereotypes. And of course, you and me being Hispanic males in the industry, we oftentimes are met with, let's say, uh, maybe a side glance or somewhat of a stereotypical view of maybe perhaps how we will approach a project rather than just giving us the outward chance at, hey, let's see if they've got what it takes, regardless of what may or may not be their perceptions of what's when we walk in a room, or when we develop a script, and so I really believe in the work that you're doing, Elijah. The fact that you're trying not only for uh, Hispanic characters but for all backgrounds to give a little bit more of a fair and a human voice. Do you feel from your own personal experiences that things are changing for the better?
1: Yeah, I think I think uh, we're starting to see uh, we're starting to see that a little bit. Um, I think most recently, uh, the show called Amplified um uh, it's on Netflix uh, and that's just a beautiful depiction of like because you have all these Mexican characters for the for the most part um and they're depicted as different individuals they're not all it's cookie cutter they're the same and they have they have their, there's complexity and their layers to their relationships and 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 the way that they interact with one another and their community um and it's just yeah its so there there are things out there that um, I think that we're starting to see a little bit uh, more of that change I think it's it's a lot slower than <laughs> than I would like I think that you and I you would like would like but um you know we got people like uh, uh, Pedro pascal who's, who's the Mandalorian and it's just you know further proof that you can you can cast one of us in these you know tra- traditionally white roles and you know it, 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 if the character is what's important and it's doesn't mess, just because it's you know from a different part of South America or Mesoamerica doesn't mean like all oh, that then that's all it's going to be you know you can just you know we're, we're people we, we have interesting stories and complexity so um so there's there are examples of that happening now but um but yeah I would, I, I would love to see much much more because it's still it's still definitely not enough
0: absolutely brother I definitely wholeheartedly agree and I think you and me are kind of in the same headspace with the idea that we both fully believe first and foremost the human performance is what is above all the most important regardless of the person's background so i think now we're seeing a little bit more of the evening playing field now happening for a lot more actors to kind of like now get in just to get our foot in the door in the casting room you know like like your script, the fact that you wrote a Hispanic character that he was a badass, but he was fun, the character that I read for, I don't want to give too many details on it because I know it's you're, you're still developing it and it's going to be badass once we finally see the end product. But just the fact that you were able to write a, a, a Hispanic character that he was fun, he was badass. He was kind of like the archetypal hero to almost like a little bit of a Han Solo-ish character, which we, I never, I never get that casting notice. I, 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 it was so rare for me to see that. And then to see that it was an actual Hispanic person that had written the project was just meant that much more, you know? So I I just want to say thanks for helping to develop a lot more stories, not just for my, our people, but for just in general, all different types, brother. Thanks for the work you're doing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man. Um, yeah, and, and and same same goes to you. Uh, I think with, with your work, it's really important the 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 things that are, you're doing. I, I, you know, that was one of the reasons I wanted to to, to work with you and, and, and you know get to know you a little bit more because I I, I feel we have uh, the same goals um, and and aims in mind. And so uh, so yeah, you're 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 doing doing the work as well, man. So um, yeah, so thank you to you as well.
0: <laughs> Thanks, brother.
1: Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> yeah, we need they need our voices out there. So.
0: Absolutely, brother. And I also wanted to talk to you about something interesting that I know you in fact were in charge of a really successful uh, crowdfunding campaign for a project that you did before in the past. Now I know a lot of independent makers and filmmakers and storytellers now kind of look to those sort of uh, means of producing projects to kind of help with independent projects. I was hoping if you could kind of talk us through how that process worked out for you, some of the ups and downs and all that involved.
1: Uh, yeah that was um, one of the most stressful months <laughs> of my life um, but it was you know it, it allowed um, me and my little team in the uh, Bay Area when we, when I was up there um, to you know get the funding that we needed to, to work on the web series um, I think uh, with back you know it was a few years ago now with uh, with Kickstarter you um, you know, the, the, the most important thing was to, you know, things filmed already to sort of proof of concept. You know, we put together a trailer. It was our, our absolute best images and performances and that kind of thing. And and then we were just really, really as genuine and honest as we could be about what we were trying to do with the project and and uh, what we wanted it to be. Um, we went out of our way to, to make sure that the images that we had um, were, were good and that, uh the descriptions were were fun to read and succinct and so it was you know it was if you went to the page you, we were, you were we were hoping that you would be entertained by all aspects of it um just to, i think that because people really care about that attention to detail and because they feel it, I, I is is our thinking is that if they, if you're going to put this much attention to detail into your kickstarter page then if, you know, if they give you money, you're definitely gonna put that same level of attention and detail into when you're actually making the project. Um, uh, So, and then we we ended up doing um, a five week launch. So we we did an, we we launched it. There was a week where it was kind of like a soft opening um, and we were telling people about it. We were getting feedback. We, you know, a few donations here and there, uh, but it then, um, it was like the last week of of, uh, April. And then in May, um, on the first, then we announced it to everyone. You know, went out on all the social media platforms, and then said it's official. It's official, and so it just kind of gave us a, a you know little breathing room and like figure things out, make little tiny changes and stuff. And so uh, I think that was something that I would recommend. Just uh, so yeah, you and then when, once you introduce it to people and they they see the link or they come on on onto the page, and you have some donations already, and then that's that gives them more confidence to. To give you money because when it's a big zero you know it's not not everyone wants to be the first person to to to, to dump money in so um and then we did we just our cast helped out uh production team helped out we had just we was just calling in so many favors um and we we got a schedule going so every day there was um uh, a like a special instagram post or facebook post or something Every like every single day we had something going out. We had email updates. We had little video updates. We had like it was just like the schedule that we had to adhere, adhere to. So and that was that was really it. It was just there was a really strong plan in place, and we even did a, um, a fundraising event um, at Fifty Five South in, in downtown San Jose. And you know again calling in favors. You know these these people didn't donate per se, but they let us use the space um, and coordinate it off and play the trailer on 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 repeat on one of the big teams. And people came by, and, and we had little, you know, tickets, and and they got to meet the actors and stuff. And and afterward, you know, it, um, yeah, we made we we made a lot of fans, and people pitched in, and you know, and, and with with those things, it doesn't have to be much. It can just be five bucks or ten bucks. And uh, we got fortunate, um, in, in that we got a few big donations as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it was basically all hands on deck, and we used everything we can, all of the resources that were available. Uh, for us, we asked people if they couldn't donate, if they could just share it. Then that was helpful, and and um, we put it on on YouTube and just yeah, everything that every way that we thought would be able to get a little more eyes on it, we just did that, and and we did it consistently throughout the entire time. So you know, and we we, didn't, we weren't asking asking for much. I think because I was really inexperienced at the time and didn't realize how much money it was going to cost to actually get the web series made. But we were asking for six thousand five hundred, and then we ended up. Uh, by the end of it, getting ten thousand, um, and so that was pretty great. Uh, but I, I, one thing I would just throw in there as well is that um, we we made a little over ten thousand, but Kickstarter took a grand, so then our so then it was nine thousand. And then hmm. you know, because you offer prizes a lot of the times, you know, if you don't donate, then we'll give you this. So we we had to pay money for our t-shirts and posters and then mailing, and so that that ate away at the budget as well. And so that's not something that I. Had thought about so you know when we we thought we heard ten thousand dollars we thought oh we're gonna throw all this into the into the web series but then there was all these little costs that it would have been great to kind of like consider uh, beforehand um, but but even then yeah we we, you know, we were happy with the um, uh, with the end result and we got some loyal fans and um, and some people yeah that are still still connect with every once in a while just because they were really 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 believe in the project. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think it's a, about just kind of creating buzz and, and a little excitement around the, the project and including as many people as possible. Because if they can feel like they're part of it, then it's just, you know, they're, they're, their enthusiasm, it's going to be, you know, it'll infect other people. And, and, and then, you know, that, that can only benefit you in the long run.
0: Hmm. And, and I think you touch upon something really important, brother, the idea that you did something for it a little bit every day. Because I think oftentimes, like i have a lot of friends from like film school and colleges and stuff that they're always like, oh, I'll just, I'll just create a Kickstarter, I'll get 10,000. It'll be easy. That I think we kind of assume that these crowdfunding campaigns are kind of like these easy fixes for securing funds when that's not true at all. You know, you kind of have to work at it a little bit. And I think another thing you touched upon wherein you kind of got this crowd support where you got like everyone sharing it on their actors sharing it on their social medias. You had like uh, somebody sharing the trailer on like TVs, larger screens. You know, I think all that helps. So would you kind of recommend to go in with like a, a game plan or kind of like strategize, like map out what you're going to go for, for future reference?
1: Yeah, yeah. Go in with a game plan. We, had, we developed ours on the fly towards the beginning because, because we weren't seeing the kind of, you know, the, the traffic we were hoping for um and and that's that's why i was saying it was one of the most stressful months of my life because it was constantly like okay what are we going to do for the next day we're going to do the next few days um so yeah going into it with having a a pretty good understanding of what the big days are what the big push is it's like sales you know you have your your blowouts you're like okay on this day everyone so you it's a friday people can come out or or something you're you're like you're pushing a little bit harder and so you know it's it's a consistent thing but then you you know when to push, or maybe there's a, an event happening, you try to try to ride the coattails of that. And, um, so yeah, having a plan going into it is definitely important. Um, they keep everyone updated with the emails. Um, I mean, yeah, we were constantly putting out little uh, update videos. We would you know interview each actor and they would talk about their character and ask people for, for money, <laughs> essentially, uh, you know, well, to support the, the project. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a lot of work and it was extremely stressful, but um, but yeah, it was worth it at the end. But uh, I definitely uh, may be a little bit guilty of, of having that mindset um, and early on, uh, thinking like, yeah, we just need this many people to donate every day and then we'll be good. And, and then it was just crickets, you know? So uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a, a lot of work. Um, and yeah, I would just, yeah, be creative and have a plan. It's, those are the two most
0: important things. Absolutely, brother. I wholeheartedly agree on that. And I think also kind of branching off from that, do you yourself have any like dream projects that you would eventually, let's say if you didn't have to worry about securing funding, you have access to whatever means possible. Let's say Elijah can bring his full force creative vision to life. What would that dream project look like?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> my own scripts i'd like to <laughs> i'd like to see get made um yeah that's a really good question um i mean ideally yeah i would, I would be able to just to, to make uh, one of my series or even one of the features mm. myself and even direct that'd be great uh, or, or work with the director i really uh really respect yeah so I don't have a better- he's got he's got too
0: many ideas you can't <laughs> even pinpoint on one i love it i love it. that's a good sign brother that's a good sign um you're kind of teeing on, off on that. Um, do you have any advice for any upcoming writers, maybe to kind of get them on the ball right now?
1: I think I'm going to steal some of some advice from uh, Stephen King. Uh, I read his book uh, on writing, which I think a lot of people have. But he, you know, I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, it um, basically talks about consistency, and just making sure you're in the seat or in your wherever it is you write being there basically at the same time every day or you know five days a week whatever whatever it's going to take and have a set amount of hours and not every not every day uh, will your inspiration or creativity find you but as long as you're you're there whenever when it does come then you'll be able to to write it down so I think with me uh, that's really been how I've been able to get better and and how I've been able to to just continue writing and, and and consistency and, and, uh, treating it like, um, I mean, if you want it to be your career, treating it like a job, you know, so there's setting time aside and, and really dedicating it and, and cutting out the outside world and just putting in the work. It's, I think that's probably the the most important thing.
0: Absolutely brother. Kind of thinking of it almost as like, it's like you're an athlete, you're training that muscle to just kind of sit down get behind a computer type it up or hey if you're with a pen and paper just I think it's a matter of just putting yourself like it's like anything like it working out maybe you may not feel like it on that day but you know you have to do it and if it's something you love gotta kind of will yourself to just let's do it today I don't care if it's going to be garbage and I'm not going to use it let me at least get two pages down you know yeah
1: yeah yeah Hit, hit those goals if you can um and and then also i think a lot of a lot of the times too, you you get um pulled away by by not necessarily peer pressure but just like life that happens outside of it. so if if you, if you stay consistent if you're you know you have good supportive people around you eventually you're letting them know that you can't do something that you can't do something because oh i know sorry i can't go at the right uh, eventually they'll say oh okay and that becomes a legitimate excuse after you use it so often because people you know that's at first, when, when I was, you know, a few years ago, and I started to say, oh, well, I, I can't really hang out because I'm going to write. I'm like, well, why are you writing? Like, or, you know, come on, just this one time. It's not going to kill you. And then eventually it becomes like, like oh, are you going to be able to, to make this thing or come out Like, Oh, I will have to write. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe afterward. I'm like, okay. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, just staying consistent. And, uh, and yeah, hopefully, you know, that'll just become a part of, of the, your your life and, and sort of your culture and and uh and everyone else will will see it and, and it'll be it'll be easier but it's difficult if, especially when you're in a new relationship or uh, you know all these all these different things where you're you're like oh, i want to hang out but i have to write and like what do you, mean you, you, what do you mean you have to write you know so uh, of course make time for other things that are important and you know um and unless you're you're being contracted to 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 write something you're you're on your you are in your own timeline so if you want to move something over to saturday just you know just make sure you you make up those hours but i wouldn't make it a habit of it but Hmm. uh, but yeah that's um yeah get get used to explaining to people that you, you can't do certain things or that you you'll be late or you'll be early because you gotta you gotta write that day
0: awesome brother great advice overall and i think just in closing brother what does the future hold for you what do you kind of see down the line that you would kind of like to see yourself maybe in the next five years?
1: Um, next five years, uh, sh- uh, hopefully uh, being a showrunner um, on one of my own shows and uh, I think producing um, producing projects that I think like, people like you and I can be proud of, you know, getting, getting rep- our, our representation out there and, and diverse representation for uh, other people that, that are underrepresented and, um, but, yeah, I, I think I'd, I'll still be writing, but, but being a showrunner and an executive producer and, and um, being able to, to be the one to, to green light uh, s- stories, you know, I think that's, that's where I'd like to be in, in five years. So, uh, working, working hard to get there. We we'll, 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 guess we'll
0: see. <laughs> awesome, brother. And I know with your heart and your talent, it's ju- only a matter of time for you, brother. I know I believe in your work. I, I can't tell you that how important it is to have someone like you spreading the word and just coming up with more stories just for more voices to be heard, my man. So I can't wait for both of us to work again in the future on future projects. And I can't wait to see what amazing things you come up with yourself as well.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, have a, I have a feeling that we're going to be uh, working together uh, in the near future here. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And um, it only gets better from here.
0: You know, only good things to come, I think. Awesome, brother. You are definitely indestructible and never forget that you guys at home are all indestructible and I'll see you guys next time.